twowayradios.com, check, check. Bytwowayradios.com. Recorded almost live from Rock Hill, South Carolina. It's the Two Way Radio Show. And welcome to the Two-Way Radio Show. I'm Rick Savoya. I'm Danny Feimster. And I'm Anthony Roquet. And this is the podcast about two-way radios for business and consumer communications. Today we'll explore the question of who is ultimately responsible for the warranty and support of your two-way radios. We'll explain how and why some retailers are expected to provide product support while others are not discuss the challenges faced by dealers who do support the products they sell, and share some of our experiences with the support of our own customers. We'll also take some of your comments and questions from our blog and our forum at twowayradioforum.com. Our show is sponsored by buytwowayradios.com, the source of two-way radios and radio accessories for businesses and consumers since 2002. Enter the promo code SHOW at checkout and save an additional 5% off your order. Buytwowayradios.com. Your radio specialists. As an authorized dealer for many two-way radio manufacturers, our company, Buy Two-Way Radios, does offer some support for the radios we sell. Support for business and personal radios is generally not an issue because the manufacturers are usually expected to provide warranty support by default. When it comes to ham radios, however, this perception seems to change. While domestic or name-brand manufacturers are still considered the primary source for warranty support, many buyers treat import radios, particularly those from China, differently, automatically expecting the dealer to take the lead. Now, one would think this to be limited to warranty issues alone, and this is understandable, considering the fact that many Chinese manufacturers are difficult, if not nearly impossible, for an end-user to deal with directly. However, for some customers, particularly those in the ham community, it goes way beyond warranty-related issues. Many buyers expect the dealer to also fully support how-to or tutorial-related inquiries for these products as well. The question is, who is ultimately responsible for your two-way radio support? That's a great question. Well, I'll tell you what, to start off with, let's, let's define uh, the warranty and support. Uh, aspect of this. Now, most product support comes from the company that manufactures them, as I mentioned already. And this makes sense because who knows the product better than the company that originally created it, right? Right. And and traditionally, that's the way most products work. If you go to Walmart and buy a product, you're not going to call Walmart to you know, ask them how it works. You, yeah, they didn't you, know. They didn't make the product. They don't know. Right. Generally, you know, if that product is broken right out of the box or breaks mm-hmm. fairly quickly, it, you take it back to Walmart and you get them to replace it. And, if, you know, these these products usually, but not always, but usually include a warranty from the manufacturer anyway. So, and that's sort of a guarantee of sorts that the product uh, is manufactured and sold to the end user without it, some kind of a defect. So, a lot of users will naturally think that, well, you know, I should call the manufacturer at least after the first 30 days after I purchased it or the first 14 days or, or however, uh, whatever the period is that the, the, the 
a dealer, if they provide one, uh, provides some sort of return policy on the product. Yeah, and, and two-way radios usually follow that model as well, at least with general consumer products. For mm-hmm. example, you buy a Motorola Talkabout or a Midland FRS radio. It's it's sort of that model. I think that most um, people buying these radios, if they get it from a retailer, they expect to go to Midland or Motorola for support unless it's a defect right out of the gate. Now, who's not responsible for support as a, as a general rule? It's, it's In most cases, it's really not the reseller or the dealer. They, they're just selling the product. But there are some exceptions. Uh, and some of those exceptions, like, say, for instance, a, a big-ticket item like, say, an auto, a car, or something like that. Car dealerships, that's, that's a different kind of setup. Uh, altogether. I mean, uh, you know, the vehicle is usually supported by the dealer that sold it because the dealer is expected to handle a lot of the warranty issues because they're directly or indirectly representing the specific manufacturer that they are associated with. So that's a little different of a situation. And, and you have experience with that, Anthony, well, because you, you used with to With car dealerships, one. though, so if I buy a Cadillac from Rick Savoya Cadillac, in charlotte north carolina and it's a brand new car full warranty and i'm driving in chicago illinois and i go to danny my car breaks down i go to danny feemster cadillac Mm -hmm. they're going to fix it under warranty because it's a it's a cadillac issue it's not it's not just it's not dealership issue so i think a lot of people get the kind of misconception with radios that um they buy it from Joe Blow two-way radios that buy two-way radios is going to support it. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. Or, or, or whatever the case may be. And we're going to go uh, into that in a little bit right. because we have some direct stories about that right. sort of thing. And, and it kind of, in my personal opinion, I think it borders on the absurd. But <laughs> we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll get to that. But, but, you know, that's one exception. And, you know, another exception would be a retailer whose primary uh, business is the service or the installation or uh, the integration of that product. Like, for instance, if, if you are, when I was in the computer business, uh, there were uh, certain situations where, well, I was representing a, a manufacturer of, of a product, and because I was also the installer or I was the system integrator, um, I did offer some support as a representative of sorts of that company or as a, an indirect uh, you know, a dealer for that company, I would handle a lot of that support because some of it was paid, some of it was included with the service and installation, and I would be expected to 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 help take care of that if there yeah. was an issue. I think business two-way radios kind of fall into this grouping. Some uh, of them do, yeah. Yeah, with, with business two-way radios where we're programming the radio, we're handling the licensing, mm-hmm. maybe we're uh, selling a repeater system or something like that, this I think that is a little bit different, and maybe we're expected to provide more support um, or maybe even a first line of support versus, like, say, uh, ICOM or Vertex Mm -hmm. Standard or or Kenwood a lot of times. Now, if if your Mm -hmm. your radio is broken and it's under warranty, you can go directly to some of those manufacturers. But a lot of times for business radios, dealers will be that first line of support. And that's especially true on the commercial side when you're dealing with commercial oh, radios yeah. and systems where they're, if you're an integrator and you're installing a, say, a trunk system or something like that, 
as as the integrator, as the radio installer, you're kind of expected to manage that anyway. So uh, that that's that's an exception. But right. for when we're talking about retailers, um, that's they're not included in those exceptions. And um, you know, and let's talk about that for a minute. Why most retailers are not responsible for the product to support? And I think you you touched on that a few minutes ago. And I think the simple answer is because most of those products are sold as is off the shelf. And, uh, you know, it's just retail items. People buy them off the shelf, they take them home, or they buy them online and they receive them. And it's really uh, the responsibility of whoever manufactured the product to warranty and support that product in most cases. Right. I mean, taking this out of the realm of two-way radios, if, if you buy a toaster oven from Walmart and it breaks six months later, Walmart is not equipped to repair that, that toaster oven. Yeah. You know, you wouldn't exactly take it in there and expect them to have technicians on staff that can, you know, do testing and things like that. You, you go to the manufacturer for that type of thing. Now, you know, some retailers offer like a 14-day or a 30-day return, as, a, as we mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. and they'll usually handle replacements uh you know, on behalf of or independently of the manufacturer uh, for a brief period just to for customer satisfaction, if nothing else. And that's what we do. But, and we, that's what we do, yeah. Right. We have thir- – we, most people we have 30 days with. Like if mm-hmm. you buy a – if you buy a Motorola CLS 1410 and it dies, manufacture defect within the first 10 days, mm-hmm. we're going to send you a replacement from us. Right, um, and that's and you're going to get for that initial period. Right, and after thir- after thirty days, it's it goes direct. You know, you're going back to Motorola, um, mm-hmm. and I like that because I think it gives the. I mean, ultimately, you want that's your customer, and you want them to come back, and you want them to be happy, and you want them to spread the word about you, and blah blah blah. Um, they're not going to get that same kind of. I don't think they're going to get the same kind of – Motorola's going to give them great support, but I don't think they're going to give them the excellent support that buy to a razor. You know what I mean? It's, it's yeah. where we know who they are. Motorola is just another just another customer in there. And they're going to take care of them, but not like we are. Exactly. And, you know, we covered this in, in episode 119 of the Two-Way Radio Show. We, we were talking about the truth about two-way radio warranties, and we covered how warranties work. Um but, you know, as far as our support's concerned, by two-way radio support, I mean, we're not an installer, we're not a system integrator, and, uh, and we're not a repair depot. We're, we're strictly a retailer, an internet retailer. So, um, so standard, standard expectations would be like any other internet retailer, uh, that that's pretty much the extent that Anthony mentioned, the extent to which we would go for the customer. But... But as an authorized dealer for a lot of these two-way radio manufacturers, um, Buy Two-Way Radios does offer some support. Uh, actually, we go a little bit above and beyond, in my opinion, for the support for the radios we sell. I mean, we uh, you know, we don't have to do this. I mean, we could just sell the products just like Amazon, eBay, and, and some of the other uh, retailers on the Internet. But we do. We do offer this. We offer a number of support options. Uh, that are completely free, as a matter of fact. I mean, some of the resources are provided to the customers who purchase the products from us, but some of the other resources, like like the articles on our blog, uh, downloadable documents and manuals, videos, 
the forum, the two-way radio forum, and of course, this podcast, the two-way radio show, um, they're all available online 24-7 to anyone who needs help um, and at no cost, regardless as to whether they're a customer or not. So I think we go way beyond in that respect. Oh, we do. I mean, just at, when we were in, in the lead up to this podcast, we were talking about the episode here. Anthony and I, I uh, were discussing it, and he was telling me about a, a customer that spent four hours uh, on the phone and chat with uh, some of our sales reps um, just last week with questions about FRS and GMRS radios, mm-hmm. um, and I believe using his radios and and um, things like that. Four hours uh, and. Uh, you know, that's probably beyond the scope of what we should be providing. But, um, you know, we, we will do that. If we have the time and availability, generally, we'll go out of our way. I'll give it to the sales staff. They're very patient mm-hmm. with the guy. I mean, they're, he's looking at a, a $70 set of radios. So, I mean, you know, that's, that four hours for a $70 set. That's a long set, time that's anyway. A lot yeah. of, that's a lot. But, but they answered all the questions. And... Um, but then they had that they wanted to ask about. So why should I buy from you and not buy from Amazon? After all that, after, after all four that, hours, after all that, and I got on <laughs> and I, I said, look, in all fairness, you're you're entitled to spend your hard-earned money anywhere you want, but right now for the last four hours, you've been talking to us, mm-hmm. not Amazon. Amazon does not know anything about those radios. What they, are the chances they could actually call Amazon and a, even ask one look, question? Look, I've about dealt the with Amazon before <laughs> on the phone, and it's awful. It's it's an awful. I buy a lot from Amazon, but they're they're they can't answer a question about you know they don't know what an FCC ID is. They don't know mm-hmm. what wattage a radio is putting out. They don't know the the rules that are out there. Um, I do this all the time. I go into places like Best Buy and Target and people that sell clamshell radios like we do mm-hmm. and i just for kicks i'll go i'll ask them questions and they're like i don't know do these need a license i, I no they don't need a license <laughs> they have no you idea know? and i and i'll go back and i go you know i know for a fact you know in my head i don't these do require a license <laughs> um i ask all kinds of just questions just and and, and you stump them you mm-hmm. know people in best buy one second they're selling a set of two-way radios, the next time they're selling a, a refrigerator, they're selling a cell phone. They're all over the place. They're not experts on the product. Yeah. So, uh, to me, saving $2 on a set of radios or anything is not worth the support that I'm going to get from somebody. If I've got a question on something um, and I know I can go back to it, you know, it's not worth me saving $2. And that's, where, and that's where we go above and beyond. But see, here's the irony, and this is what gets me. Customers who purchase from online retailers like uh, Amazon or eBay, they most of the time they don't expect any support. I mean, I'm going to get it, and if I don't like it, I'll send it back, get an exchange, get a return or whatever. I don't care. Uh, that's that's the way it is and that they don't really expect any support for those companies for for the radio you know for the products that are being sold to them but yet some expect it from us and they'll become quite upset if uh if that support isn't what they want or expect and this is particularly true of import radios from china because uh the quality of some of those radios obviously can be inconsistent and we don't have any control we have little or no control over that 
quality. We didn't build them. Uh, we, we do what we can, you know, when they come in. Yeah, with but the... but we, we can't control the, the, the quality from from product to product on some of those radios. So we're we're kind of we're at a little disadvantage here, just like the, the customer is, and, and we're having to, to kind of go through that uh, just, just like they are. I think the import radios are a, sort of a special class, and they do provide a unique challenge because mm-hmm. um, the manufacturer isn't there like Midland or Motorola would be. Um, you can't really go to TYT and, and expect them to – you know, support the product like middle, or you're, you're not going to get that kind of support. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that a lot of people realize that, that, that that's why these products cost less money than a Motorola radio. Right. And there's no QC. There's no, there's no, no. quality control over there. I can't tell you how many times me or, or you or, or, or Rick have looked at an import radio and we've had to be the ones that go, Let's troubleshoot this. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I know when like TYT first came out, there were times where I was going through and having to just grab one and go, let me see if I can figure out what the heck is going on with this thing. Um, and then you figure it out, and then it's it's like we're their, we're, we are their QC. Yeah, we're you, their quality you control. Have to, you, you tend to expect some issues with the first right. release product, for right. sure. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And and if they issue any kind of a, a firmware update that kind of uh, causes some other issue, then we have to sit down and figure that out too. And sometimes on, on, with some of the manufacturers, we have decent relationships with a couple of them where we can talk with them directly and work that out. But some of them, um, should I mention names? <coughs> Balfung, uh, you know, they don't care. And and so we're we're. St- we're between a rock and a hard place on that one. We're we're stuck just as much as the as well, the customer is. I think that most customers realize this, but w- with import radios, you are pretty much relying on the internet for your support. Mm-hmm. You're you're going to be using Facebook groups or places like the Two Way Radio Forum or the the resources that we published on our blog. Um, there's not a lot of you know, send in an email or place a phone call and get support. But I mean, we do, we do our best to help the customers that purchase a radio from us. Sure, and it, still, and I think even, we do go above and beyond. Yeah, and even those that have not. I mean, uh, the one that pops in my head is our big blog that you wrote, Danny, on your TYT's locked. I mean, yeah. just the time you put into doing the 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 screenshots and the 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 gifts and all that that you did. And step by step, I mean that's that's available because of a, a customer of ours. But we put it out there for everybody. For everybody, and it's, yeah. and it's out there for everybody. I don't know a lot of people do that. I really don't. I don't know. Um, I, I keep up with a lot of our competitors, and I don't see a lot of um, troubleshooting out there. Yeah. Well, you know, a, a perfect example of what we were talking about a couple of moments ago is one that happened, uh, I think, last week with you. And you had a customer call you up regarding a, a radio uh, that we sent him, and there was something that he thought was amiss with it. Yes. Um, guy called me screaming, or was called in screaming at one of our employees, asked to speak with the manager. I got on the phone, 
Um, he was concerned that his screen was scratched on a Wushin radio. Mm-hmm. Accusing us of selling a used radio up, I mean, all over the place. I So I, I said, look, I, I know what the issue is. There's a screen protector on there. No, there's not. No, there is. It's, you've got to really look. So I went out and grabbed one. Same radio. Uh-huh. Yeah. Sure enough, it had a screen. It was scra- scratch looking, but it was the screen protector that was on there. Um, screen protector, you mean the little plastic the little film? Plastic the thing that's so much fun to peel off, you know, yeah. especially hey. on new iPhones and stuff. Yeah. Well, they didn't have a pull tab on there. So you couldn't, you had to really look. You had to almost just nick the corner a little bit with your finger and it peeled to right up. And it was a beautiful off, yeah. screen underneath. Um, and he saw it and he said, Oh, and he apologized and he felt awful about it. He felt, um, you know, felt absolutely awful about it that accusing us of selling used radios and this, that, and everything else. And, and, um, yeah, so that's, I mean, it's kind of this sort of, but we took the time to, yeah. I mean, I grabbed 31 radio. We had 31 radios in stock and I grabbed everyone all that way. I was back here with you and we were going over them. Some of them had, now here was the thing. Uh, he was a little upset too because uh, I think because it didn't have the pull tab on it. And said, so, well, they, they don't put the pull tabs on. Well, that's not our fault. Right. That's, that's, we have no control over that. Right. And you pulled all those radios and you and I went through some of them and some had the pull tabs and some didn't. Yeah. I think it's just a matter of and, they, which machine they went through or who. <laughs> Was I don't know if they apply them by hand over there or what, but it, some had a pull tab, some did not. I mean, but it was definitely what had a screen protector mm-hmm. on there, just a different style. You know, case in point, we're using right now we're recording off a digital recorder, and this digital recorder I'm looking right at it right now, and we've had this thing for a number of years, and it's kind of scratched up and everything on the on the display. Well, the thing is, the there's a plastic overlay on that display now i've never pulled it off i just left it there but it's it's right there on the display and there's no pull tab or anything when i first got this i was the same way i was i was curious because i thought well uh is this screen scratched and then i inspected it more closely looked at the scratches and i realized oh there's a film on there uh no i didn't pull it off it's still there after all these years I'm and it's kind it of off. protected you're gonna pull it off. i love pulling those but, things off <laughs> But um, the thing is, it, it took me a minute or two, and and I wasn't upset about it. I was just kind of curious, like, okay, why is it? Oh, it's a screen. Okay, not a big deal. But I I think that uh, some folks they will have a tendency to open up the box and they'll just jump right out without even yeah. you know making assumptions, without even inspecting it, without even checking. And, first. You know, I I don't mind being concerned if you've got a scratch on the screen of a, a brand new product that you bought but what what i don't understand on that one is why call screaming and yelling i mean we're, we're just tell us what the problem is right. and we're not going to hang up on you or um you know not solve your problem we're not <laughs> just, well just yeah it seems like the assumption is that they're going to get screwed over in some way. Well, and I think they probably have been before <laughs> because there are i mean i've seen some bad apples out there and, and i explained to the guy i was like look man you bought a hundred dollar radio. I appreciate you buying that hundred dollar radio, but I'm not going to sell. Try to dupe you out of a hundred dollar radio. Doing this way too long. Mm-hmm. Deal with, you know, with customers that spend anywhere from five dollars to a lot of money on exactly. business customers. 
I'm not going to, it's not worth it to me to, why? And I'm going to help you yeah, out. Yeah, what's the point? I'm going to help you out. Yeah. If it was doing a, this for 17 years, you don't stay in business for 17 years by screwing people exactly over what I told for, exactly. for five bucks or whatever to sell a used product or something. Right. Exactly. Well, you have a lot of war stories in that sense, too. I mean, I I can recall many, many times when you've been on the phone with customers and you just pick up the phone and they're just screaming at you. But screaming I mean, at it, you it, 10, 15 minutes. And then by the time, you know, you can get them calmed down and say, well, uh, and explain to them what's really going on. Uh, a good deal. Most of the time, it's it's basically a non-issue anyway. But in the times when there really was an issue, and look, if we mess up, we're going to fix it. Yeah. We're not going to, you know. And and some people, I can understand if you've been screwed over time and time again before. It's hard to, you know, you got trust issues. I'm, I understand, mm-hmm. but again, it's not worth. Um, it's not worth it over a hundred dollar radio. Yeah, maybe it's it not. is that you know we're a small retailer. A lot of times. People are buying from us for the first time, so maybe they get a product and there's something wrong with it, and they're like, "Oh well, I've never bought from these guys before. There's probably probably something bad's going to happen here." So maybe maybe it is reasonable for a customer to think that. You know, my my personal rant uh, kind of twofold, but um, on my end because I generally wind up supporting customers, uh, of course, through the blog and the forums. Uh, and through the videos, that sort of thing. And I'm generally the one who's responding to a lot of the, the commenters on there. And, you know, we'll get these drive-by posters who want a quick fix um, for a frequently asked question. And I've spent a lot of time accumulating these these questions and trying to create videos and uh, write articles to answer the questions so that to make it easier for everybody. For one, to make it easier for us so that we're not constantly answering the same question over and over again, but also for the people searching uh, for the answer because then they say, oh, right away, here's the answer. I don't need to look any farther. But I think one of the things that, that really bugs me, and it happens in our forums too, but on the blog, um, some of these people will just uh, they'll just post a question about something that's a frequently asked question that's already been answered many, many times before. And, and likely, uh, many times, it's been answered actually in the article that I wrote that they're responding to, but they didn't really even bother to read the article. They just post the same question. And, and, they're, and that's laziness. They're, they're too lazy to do a quick search for the answer. And... I wind up having to answer the question again or say, well, refer to the article above. Now, uh, one of the other things that a lot of people will will ask a question that is for a product that we don't carry and we don't sell, so we really don't support it. And sometimes we don't really know that much about the product, especially if it is a product sold, say, if the person is from another country and that product is only available there, like, say, in Asia or Europe or, or somewhere. And they'll say, well, what about this model radio? Do you, you know, how do I do this or how do I do that? And what I'll do out of for customer service, I'll I'll just say um, I'll just do a quick search. I'll look it up on the internet, and usually within a minute to two uh, minutes, I will find his model number. I'll find the manual for it. I'll look it up, and I'll just respond to his question. And 
then of course we'll never hear from them again. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, that's a, that's a really lazy because everything that I did, he could have done in about two minutes or less. But he spent yet, more he was time registering lazy. for the forum and posting yeah, a, a, a message. He, he was just too lazy to go search for it himself. He wants to just pop in and ask the question, and, and hopefully someone will give him the answer. Yeah, exactly. By the time that he had searched for and found the answer, um, you know, you're posting in a forum or in the blog or something, it can take one or two days for somebody to answer the question sometimes. Uh, he, he could have done it. <laughs> it's What's it, the it's link a waste that of time, Google made really. a couple years ago? The let me Google that for you link? Yeah. The, uh, yeah. L, LM, whatever it is, the Google that for you. <laughs> Google is your friend, you know, <laughs> that sort of thing. Bing, too, I guess, to a certain degree. My, my other rant, too, is um, we have a particular, and, and this is, here's a perfect example. I wrote a blog post, and we do, um, we, we do distribute Chirp. I mean, it's an open source program for programming radios and we do offer it to our customers for as a as a service you know to say hey you know here's a here's a value add there's chirps you don't have to go out and get it yourself although they can easily do it chirp.damplanet.com it's free it's open source anybody can just go up there and find it and uh from time to time i'll write an article on it and uh a while back i wrote one on which specific radios that we carry that chirp supports and ever since then we get a lot of comments on that article but the comments are usually something like now i'll give the occasional yeah thanks a lot appreciate you posting this that sort of thing that, that always makes me feel good but mm -hmm. a lot of the time we'll get comments from people saying um hey i have this model radio um can you guys build in support for that or I have this radio. Uh, can you can you guys develop? Can, can you add this into Chirp? And it's pretty clear that the person didn't even read the article because if they had, I put in there once or twice at least. Look, we don't make Chirp. <laughs> we don't develop Chirp. Chirp. Is not ours. It's Sorry. not our program. We just offer it as a as a uh, a value add. And you go here to find if this. You know, there's a link there. Go here to the to the Chirp website, and there's a list of radios that it supports, and find out if your radio is supported. If it's not, contact them. But I get these constant comments there's, saying, there's "Can poor, you?" Poor Chirp guys. Can yeah. you imagine how many requests they're getting for? Uh, for oh, they're, I, I imagine but, their inbox is overflowing. But it drives me nuts because I'm like, okay. It's on our program. We have nothing to do with it. Right. We don't there's write really, Chirp. Literally nothing we can do for you. But uh, that's kind of my rant in that respect. But uh, yeah, on, Rick, I, mean, I think you should take your free time and add <laughs> extra radios to chirp. Well, it's it's discouraging because it, it it's clear that these people don't read some of the articles. <laughs> they just comment or they'll just ask questions without even checking first. Um, but this brings me to some interesting observations, and and this is one of the other things that kind of bugs me about. And it's not about our customers. It's, it's about, um, well, how should I put this? I think one of the biggest ironies here that we have to deal with is when it comes to supporting the amateur radios and the ham community. Now, we're all hams ourselves. You know, we, we are. We're, we are all licensed hams, and we've been doing this for a while. But 
when we first got into this, now we've been in business for how many years now? Uh, 17. Okay. 17 years we've been selling radios. So we know a thing or two about radios. But up until uh, about seven years ago, our core uh, business was business radios. We sold consumer radios and marine and things like that. But our core business was business radios. And for the most part, you would get you would get some support calls, right, from time to time for business radios. But as you said in, uh, earlier, uh, that was often handled by Motorola or, or Kenwood or whoever the manufacturer was. But we did our, our fair share of support on that. But it wasn't really a big deal. Now, when we first got into amateur radio, I think we were a little naive in the sense that, well, we're going to start selling some amateur radios, and we didn't really think it, the support end of it would be that much different from the business radios because, and we thought maybe it would be even easier because we're talking about amateur radios because um, the whole point of the amateur radio hobby is to experiment and to learn on your own and in collaboration with fellow hobbyists, right? So, and, and there are hams out there that seem to take great pride in their technical prowess and knowledge of, of radios. And, and some are, are really, really quick to, to uh, remind others about how knowledgeable they are about, about radios, amateur radios. We're experts in amateur radio. So, you know, they're supposed to know this stuff, and they're supposed to be experts in their hobby. So when we got into this, it was, the, you know, the thinking, I think, was, was along the lines of, well, they should be the easiest customers to, to work with because they know their stuff. And if anything, we, we're probably the ones that really, really need to learn from them. And, you know, to some degree, we have learned a lot from, from the hams, I would Absolutely. say so. Yeah. Absolutely. But more often than not, it's the hams. It's, it's the hams themselves that seem to require the most guidance or hand-holding and support when it comes to these radios. Um, of all the radio users, the business users, we, we never really had an issue. Of all the – and the consumer uh, radio users – the marine radio users, airman users, of all the different users of radios, it's the hams who are the most high-maintenance group of customers. Well, I do understand it to some degree because um, – and uh, I agree with you. I, I, we underestimated the how much support it was going to take dealing with amateur radio when we got into, into selling those products. But – we're dealing oftentimes with people who are brand new to the hobby and we're selling them import radios that are poorly documented mm -hmm. and they can be kind of squirrely at times. Yeah, it can be a challenge. And we're selling them products that are not the easiest. To, like, for example, learning DMR. It's... There's not really one place you can go where you can read a, a you know a thousand word blog post and come out of that knowing how to do DMR. It's a right. lot of experimentation. It's a lot of uh, figuring out, and, and one radio versus another radio. It's all different. So I see where it comes from. I, mm -hmm. I don't think it's like necessarily lazy hams or something that aren't really following the spirit of the hobby. I think that it's. People bought a bought a radio, and they don't really understand what what the, how this works, and 
They're asking they want for to be help. Able, I think they want to be able to turn it on. Like me, when I get a new iPhone, I want to be able to turn that thing on and start using it. Yeah. DMR radio. Yeah. Yeah. I can't just do that. I think you maybe you, you read a blog post, you're into ham radio, you've just got your license, you're like, oh, I'm going to try out DMR. And you go right. buy a DMR radio, and it's like, oh, wait, um, what is all this? <laughs> yeah, but aren't these supposed to be the great experimenters? I understand what you're saying, but aren't yeah. these supposed to be the guys who are supposed to sit down and, and figure it out and go be the right. experiment, figure it out how it works, and, and, and then tell everybody else how it works, and, and that sort of thing. And there are people that do that, well, but you know what? With all fairness, with, with DMR, it's a, it's a completely different creature, though. It's, it's, oh, I hear I mean, that. For, for I hear before, that, yeah. before TYT had radios come out for amateur use, if you had a turbo radio, it was a Motorola, and yeah. it wasn't used for ham radio. It was used, you know, sold by a mom-and-pop uh, LMR dealer, the Motorola dealer to a business or whatever, and most people don't know how talk groups work and color codes and all that stuff works mm-hmm. and setting up contact. And there are a and, lot of hams out there that really know their stuff. Right. I mean, there, there are. Yeah, there, yeah, are, there hams are. There are. That, you know, I will never know, uh, you know, one percent of what some of these guys right. know. Yeah, but, I mean, but this isn't really a blanket statement about hams because there are some very, very knowledgeable hams out there. Uh, some some really great and talented people. Yeah, I get it. But but, but do you want to expand the hobby, or do you want to limit this hobby to just experts and super technical people? No, no, absolutely not. However, it seems to me that some of the the calls that we get are not necessarily from the new hams, but some of the the older hams that the you know I don't want to say I don't want to say curmudgeons because I'm kind of in that that group too. Here I am ranting, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm I'm an old curmudgeon ham myself. But um, but it's it's some of the ones that get they're the easiest to get to go off kilter and and instead of trying to figure out for themselves, they're right away calling tech support and say uh, why you know. Uh, how do I make this happen, and why is this not working the way I want it to? And, and uh, you know, I mean, you get so many calls, Anthony. Uh, some of these old these old ham guys that they're supposed to really know their stuff. It doesn't seem like they're well. They're just they're, they're really the, the new stuff. They they can talk all day about an analog radio. They mm-hmm. know how offsets work and PL tones and blah blah blah. I can remember a couple years ago, I went to our amateur club here in town to do a DMR presentation. They asked me to come. And it was like talking to, it, you could just see it because all these guys, I mean, they're older than I am. And they're old school, but Ham's a lot longer than I have, but they've, older dealt, me. <laughs> they've all dealt with analog. It was like I was speaking Russian or Chinese to these guys. And it was just over, like the, the looks on their faces, they, they couldn't grasp it. They could not grasp it. Um, well, I'm trying to take but, that to account, but but this isn't even necessarily about DMR. I mean, we'll get calls for people with struggling with uh, the Balfung radios, you know, and, well, and the analog I mean, stuff. And, and that, part that, of that, too, is the manual sucks on those things. Yeah, that's true. There's <laughs> that's not, true. Yeah, we're selling these products that have no manufacturer support. <laughs> Going back to you true, know the early true. podcast, there's, there's not a lot of uh, – there's not a lot of help out there, and mm-hmm. you buy one of these, and you need help. And it's just a. I learned my Baofeng radio by just picking it up, and because the manual is you. The first thing yeah, I did is take the manual useless. and toss it away. Completely useless. Go through the menu sure. and 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 thankfully, I mean, we've put videos up, you know, as far as basic things. But there's a there's 
Um, a but ton of those radios floating around. You've got a leg up, though, Anthony. You program hundreds of radios a week, right? Yeah, so right. Like, this wasn't anything. This wasn't too wasn't foreign to you. Um, whereas somebody that's never programmed a radio before, they're just get getting a ham license. They go on. They, most likely, they went on Amazon. They bought a radio for twenty bucks, thinking, "Okay, this is going to be simple. I'm a smart guy." <laughs> and then they get stuck. Right. But um, so you don't think the hams are really? I mean, eighty percent of our support calls are really from. Ten percent of of our customers. Yeah, and and I might be biased because you guys are handling the support a lot more than I am. <laughs> but I do want as many people as possible into this hobby. I think that it it helps us as a business, and it helps all the manufacturers Absolutely. that we deal with to to um, open this up to as many people as possible. And uh, if if you lock it down to just the experts, then yeah, we'll probably end up with a lot less calls, but we'll probably end up with a lot less sales too. It's it's a I don't know. I well, don't know. I don't know where the line is. Well, that's a good question. I mean, where, you know, had, where where do you draw the line? Because it it's not the line, just the line about. Uh, I mean, we, we've got a line here to draw well, as far as we've been as trying as to draw the line. Support. For you know, what seven, five, seven years, however long we've been selling amateur radios, we've been trying to draw this line and figure out where do where does our support stop and where do we push people off to the manufacturers? Where do we turn people away? When do, where do we push people to the blog? Um, I, I don't know where the line. I don't think there is really a line. It's kind of fluid. But look here, here we are. We're in, we're a retailer. And we're offering support options that that most retailers wouldn't offer to their uh, products anyway. I mean, we're going well beyond because we're not just talking about uh, warranty issues or or technical issues. We're talking about how tos and tutorials right. and teach. You know, it's like well, people calling us up saying, "How do I program a channel into my radio? How do I reset the radio?" How do I do this? How do I, how do I do that? And those really come into tutorial issues, which even if the manual is 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 total crap, um, it, it shouldn't be too difficult for them to be able to figure it out if they spend a little time. Because that's what we did. We sat down. And we spent a considerable amount of time because we couldn't read the manuals either. <laughs> I, I completely you agree know? with you on that. If it's is it something where we we should be expected to spend an hour teaching someone basically how radio works and how to program a radio mm-hmm. on a product that we just made a dollar fifty on? <laughs> you know, when when you're talking, we lost about, money there. Exactly. If we have to spend a lot of time handling support or how-tos on a product that we make very, very little, it's hard to justify that. But then on the other hand, you, you really don't want to tell a customer, sorry, we, we can't help you. You've got to go read the Internet and figure that out. But is it but is it's, it fair to the dealer? I mean, where do you draw the line? Here, Here's an, a real-world example. Um, I belong to several Yahoo groups um, that have been around for years and years on the Balfong radios. And the groups now they've dwindled down over the over the last few years, but in its heyday, the these groups were really really active, and there were some. Now I never participated actively in the groups; I was just there to observe. 
So most of them didn't even know that I was there uh, as a dealer. But there were other dealers in the groups that were actively participating in the groups. And I can recall uh, several instances of some of these dealers, uh, and one by one, they would, they would quit selling radios. So they, they got in, and they would be selling all these Balfong radios and Ocean radios and, and whatnot, and they would become very, very frustrated and put up all these rants in the groups about uh, how much uh, time was being, uh, how much life was being sucked out of them because they thought they got into this business to sell radios and they thought we were going to make a lot of money doing it. And instead, what they wound up doing was getting um, constantly hammered with support issues to the point where they couldn't, they weren't making any money. They were losing money big time because they spent all their time supporting the radio and people would do this. They would, they would come to him for support and then they would go buy the radio somewhere else. Or they would buy the radio somewhere else and come to him for support. And he was just, you know, they would just be losing so much money on this that they would eventually just give up and say, they'd get frustrated and say, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm out. You know, because they realized that they were just being taken advantage Yeah, I mean, we, we see this of. all the time. That, that happens to us um, repeatedly. We're, I mean, Anthony, how often are you getting calls for people for, for support when they bought a radio off of Amazon? I, I know. Oh, I I've got, I, get that, that. I get that at least once a day. I've had calls mm-hmm. where somebody, for instance, we were like the first TYT dealer in the United States. Mm-hmm. And then these things took off and, and then all of a sudden you look one day and they're all over the internet and there's yeah. now there's five or six quote unquote dealers now in the United States. I've had people go, I bought it from I'm not gonna mention a name, a dealer here a quote unquote dealer here well they referred me to you for support. <laughs> <laughs> and that tells you something about the the, right. the integrity like of that, that dealer. You, know, it's, it's, you really want to do business with a dealer that's going to send you to another dealer for support. I mean, but the biggest one um, is is the Amazon. Amazon is the biggest one. I bought yeah. this off of Amazon. It's not working with my radio. I mm-hmm. can't figure out how to program it. I can't. And and I'm very. I, I don't get ugly. I'm well. I'm, I can't support that radio. I'm sorry. Yeah, that is an easy place for us to draw a line. If you didn't buy the product from us, right? Clearly, we can't spend. I'll any tell time. them though. Hey. I have a video on our website or a blog on our website that you can search on our website and find that info. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're still giving it, them some free support, or yeah, or you know, you know, but I can't, you know, I can't stay on the phone with you for an hour. You know, I'll lead mm-hmm. you in the right direction, and you know, be kind to people, whatever. You know, you, you do get to some that will scream at you because you won't support a radio that they bought from Amazon. Well, Amazon doesn't support it. Well, I'm so no. sorry. Uh, <laughs> Good yeah. luck yelling at Amazon about it. Right? That. They'll just they'll just refund you and 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 send you a label. <laughs> you know, one of the other things that used to get me when we first started selling the Balfung radios, and they were just becoming big on Amazon, we would get um, we would get calls from people asking us to support the radio that we didn't sell them. And we're thinking, well, where are they getting our number? How are they finding out? Come to find out that, yeah, some of those dealers were, were printing our 800 number, saying, here, call here for support, thinking that they were thinking that it was the company that sold them the radio. But the, that company would put our phone number on there. you know. And in all and, fairness, and, too, because we rank really well on the Internet, on, on Google searches, 
I've had people call before and they, they think we're Kenwood. Yeah. They'll, yeah, they'll yeah. type in Kenwood TK2416 support. A lot of times we do rank. Yeah, it'll be the like right. Exactly. right. And so true. they'll call and they'll go, oh, you're not Ken. I, I swear you were Kenwood. I swear <laughs> you were Motorola because you popped up before Kenwood did. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's a good problem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so in all fairness, I give, you know, because we rank so well, people think that we're the yeah, but go-tos. If a, but if a competitor is on the radio and then they tell their customer, call this number for yeah, support pretty, and uh, send them our phone number, that, yeah, it's kind of, that's below the belt. Right. I think that's below the line. So the question is, where do we draw the line? I mean, really, I mean, what, um, I mean, who is ultimately responsible for two-way radio support? In most of these cases, is it the dealer? Is it the manufacturer? Is it I think, the customer? I think so. Here's how I look at it: If I sell it to you, I'm going to support it. Mm-hmm. You know, if I sell you a bail thing, I'm going to support that radio for you. You know, I'm going to give you the resources. Um, you know, whatever. Um, if you didn't, I'm going to be nice to you. You know, I'm going to say, hey, we got here's the here's where you can go and look at it and and, and things like that, but. Ultimately, if you think it's going to be an issue, do your homework. Yeah, you know, yeah. is it worth saving 2 or $3 by buying off Amazon or eBay to not get a lick of support? No, it's not. Not to me. Yeah. Not to me. I would rather spend that extra 2 3 $10 and know that I could call and get support. Your thoughts, Danny? Yeah, I, I just agree with Anthony. It's, uh, it's a tough place to draw the line. We got to back the products that we sell. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's sometimes we do charge more for our product. You can definitely get a product cheaper on Amazon, but uh, it's because we have people here answering the phones that actually know what they're talking about, and um, we can't afford to sell mm-hmm. the products at the same prices of Amazon and still offer that. We've made the decision that that we want to um, provide a little more service. Um, so that's what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no, we're not Amazon. I give you a, yeah. can you, can you match Amazon? On it? Or look, I wish I could. I wish we were doing Amazon type sales every day, even a per 1% of Amazon sales every day. Well, but. I agree. I agree with you guys uh, wholeheartedly. I, I just would like to add, as Anthony said a few moments ago, do a little. Due diligence, you know, first before before you pick up the phone call, do a little. I think it all comes down to peace and, of and, mind, you know. Yeah, if you, I if mean, you, just yeah. Uh, fortunately, uh, first. the people that we're talking to probably aren't going to be listening to the podcast. Probably not. Right. Probably it's the not. ones that are actually doing something that are actually doing it for themselves. They're the ones listening to the podcast. I think we need to print this episode <laughs> off and put it in every order that we get. <laughs> there you go. From, from here in the next month, we'll include a free CD with everyone. <laughs> everybody. Listen. Well, um, this has been uh, – you know what? I think we need to ask the listeners. I think we need to ask you, listening right now. Yeah, we've what complained about you for an hour. Now you complain <laughs> about us. No, we're not complaining about you. We're complaining about the ones who are I aren't think you listening. might have lost some hand butt friends there, Rick. <laughs> I think you've had something get on your chest for the last uh, three years. But, you know, I'm a ham, too, so I can, I, I can say it. Self-hating ham. <laughs> I say that a lot to the hams. I'll be like – you know, I'll say, you know, I'm a ham too, so I can say this. Yeah, we're lazy. <laughs> yeah. It's easier to instead of doing looking it up yourself, it's easier to pick up a phone, call, and, and do it that way instead of. <laughs> sounds it, it sounds like my wife because my my you know I'll I'll go home and ask or something and she goes and she she's 
She goes, you, you live here, you know. I know, but it's just easier to ask you, you know. <laughs> to, right. And she just tells me, yeah, you're lazy. And I said, well, you're here. <laughs> I don't need to go look for it myself. Uh, and if she's Rich not a listener. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, she's, if she's listening, I, I'm uh, boy, I've got uh, heck to pay when I get home. Really. But uh, in any case, what do you think? Do you think that we're, we're out of line? Or do you think that we should draw the line somewhere? And if so, where? Um, give us your feedback. Give us your comments. Send us your comments to show it by twoearradios.com or in our uh, forum. Or, of course, comment uh, here at uh, bytwoearradios.com or on the show webpage and, and tell us what you think. Now, of course, if we use your comments on the show, we'll send you a Two Way Radio Show uh, t shirt and some free swag. So there's uh, uh, definitely more in it for you than there is for us, especially if uh, the feedback's not good. <laughs> but, uh, it's just but another we'll support it. request for Rick. Yeah, there you go. One more support request. Uh, what, what Should we I give say? him your cell phone number, Rick? Should uh, I like yours. <laughs> text, text Rick. <laughs> anyway, so uh, we, we have one other thing that we want to cover here before uh, we, we close out. What is this? A Motorola has a new promo. That just oh, came we, out, we actually right? have a couple of new promos that we need yeah. to talk about, or at least be sure to mention here. There's a, a Motorola buy six get one free promotion that they just started on their business radio series, and Kenwood also has launched a rebate that will be running uh, until the end of the year. The Motorola one also goes through the end of the year, I believe. Mm-hmm. But uh, Kenwood's promotion is um, on their digital models. Am I right? Right, the digital. Uh, well, the PKT twenty three. I think that's their only analog model. The rest of them are the digital. I think the NXP five hundred and the uh, uh, the other NX radios. Two forty and three forty. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Nice. So if you've been waiting to buy some Motorola or Kenwood business radios, now's the time. The the rebates are active again. Okay. Um, yeah, this more with digital one. I, I think is very interesting. You know, the buy six get one free for the analog, and then the digital. It's buy six get one free plus one earpiece so that's uh that's an interesting deal it's truly more with digital yeah it is more with digital um and you know we're going to talk about that more in our next podcast and it is a teaser for our, our next episode we're going to talk about uh digital is is digital overtaking you know digital seems to be overtaking uh more or digital seems to be expanding more we're seeing more and more digital radios and more and more companies and and installations are moving to digital radios, the business uh, users and the hams, and uh, uh, the consumers still are mostly on analog, but uh, you're seeing more use of digital uh, out there. So the question now becomes, um, if and when digital will just finally overtake analog and make analog radio completely obsolete? It's a good That's question. a great question. And uh, if you have any comments on that, let us know. Maybe we'll read them on the show. Yeah. Well, we have some comments and questions from our blog and a forum at twowayradioforum.com. And uh, and I don't know what I did with them. Where did I put them? Here they I guess are. no Here questions this week. <laughs> Here they are. Uh, this first one comes from Joshua. He says, uh, I have a question. I'm extremely new to this GMRS world, so forgive the ignorance. I know you need a license to transmit on GMRS channels, but I only bought this GMRS radio because I was looking to replace my FRS walkie-talkies. And while looking for new FRS walkie-talkies, I came across the GMRS radios and bought one. If I only transmit my GMRS radio on frequencies that are FRS channels, do I still need a license? 
Nothing is different between me using an FRS and GMRS radio this way. Also, say my FRS radio is on channel 19, for example, with the little sub-channel uh, at 39. Does that mean that on my GMRS radio, when I type in the frequency, is the code no longer uh, 62.6500? Do those little sub-channel codes make it so that it's transmitting and receiving on a different frequency? And if so, how do I find that out? Uh, other than individually testing every single increment. And that's from Joshua. Well, on the subcodes, um, I believe what he's asking about are, are PL tones. Right. And that doesn't change the frequency. What that does is sort of add something to the transmission while the radio is transmitting. And then um, another radio may be, that's also set to that PL tone will just filter out anything that doesn't include that PL tone. So no, you're not changing the frequency. And if you remove the PL tones from your radio, you'll hear everything, whether it has a PL tone or not, if that makes sense. Now, as far as the licensing, I guess we'll um, forget the fact that for years, all GMRS and FRS radios required a license and no one got one. <laughs> but- uh, You're talking about the combo models. Yeah. Uh, technically, if you are using an FRS frequency over two watts, then you are GMRS and you need a license. And it's a 10-year license for $85, I believe. Mm -hmm. So um, hope that answers uh, the question there, Joshua. The, uh, the next one comes from uh, John. And John wants to know, he says, I need to buy newer walkie-talkies, and I'm quite confused despite a lot of reading. Please advise. Uh, one, if I buy what I gather is a hybrid radio that works on FRS and GMRS, do I need an FCC license? Um, two, are there really any quality FRS IP54 or 67 rated radios? I read manufacturer site reviews, and they seem pretty good. But reviews on places like Amazon show 20 to 25% responses in one-star and two-star categories. The GMRS radios seem to fare better, but I don't really want an FCC license for everyone who uses my radio, family and friends. Any ideas? I need to communicate with another boat, and we may be a mile or two apart, with perhaps some islands in between us, braided rivers. Thanks for any suggestions or answers, and that's from John. Uh, he's... A couple of things going on here. <laughs> he just yeah. mentioned boat at the very end. So uh, if you're only going to be using the radio on a boat or on the water, you may want to take a look at a marine radio. Those use VHF frequencies, which tend to travel better anyway over water, and they're license-free. So uh, a marine radio may be the best solution for you. But mm -hmm. um, as far as the FRS, GMRS, if, if you bought an FRS radio, um, like a two-pack radio, in all probability, you do not need a license. There are only a couple of models that are that fall under GMRS now in that uh, two-pack, bubble-pack um, area. So um, in all probability, if it's an FRS radio, you, you would no longer need a license since the FCC made rule changes a couple of years ago. All right. Well, I guess that does it for our comments and questions this time. Uh Send your comments and questions for Danny, Anthony, or myself to show at buy2airradios.com. If you want to know more about today's topic or about two-way radios in general, check out our forum discussions at twowayradioforum.com. And we just recently updated uh, the forum. Yeah, I think we talked and, about that uh, on our last that's, episode. That's, and yeah. 
we got a lot of new users, I believe, after yeah, that. Yeah, we have. And uh, thank you for checking out the Two-Way Radio Forum. And if you haven't checked out the twowayradioforum.com yet, please do. Yeah. You can subscribe to the Two-Way Radio Show directly from our website at twowayradioshow.com or hear it on Apple Podcasts, Blueberry.com, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, or Spotify, and, of course, uh, Amazon Echo. Uh, one other thing I'd like to, to mention is that the Two-Way Radio Show podcast has been nominated uh, for the 2019 People's Choice Podcast Awards in the technology category. And uh, I believe they're going to announce the award winners at the end of this month during International Podcast Day. And uh, this is pretty exciting, uh, being nominated. Uh, we're, we're in the running with, I think, nine other uh, podcasts in the technology category. And, you know, out of 150,000-some-odd podcasts uh, out there, I think that's, that's, uh, uh, that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, that's pretty neat. Anyway, um, I want to thank those who nominated us. Uh, and, you know, if you nominate us for it, want to thank you. We really, really do appreciate it. And uh, whether we win or not, it's just uh, the idea of being nominated is, is actually pretty cool. It was an honor just being nominated. Yeah. I know Anthony was excited when he first saw I was excited. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I had to pinch myself. <laughs> <laughs> And Anthony just likes to pinch himself. <laughs> I just like to pinch myself. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, before we go, any other final comments on this episode? I don't think so. All right. Well, today's show is sponsored by BuyTwoWayRadios.com. Whether you're searching for two-way radios for general consumer or business use, BuyTwoWayRadios can help you find the best solution for your needs. Enter the promo code SHOW at checkout and save an additional 5% off your order. And you know, I said that a little bit slower again this time. Um, give us a call at 1-800-584-1445 or enter our live chat at buy2wayradios.com. Well, everyone, as always, thanks for listening. And until next time for the Two-Way Radio Show, I'm Rick Savoya. I'm Danny Feemster. And I'm Anthony Roquet. And we're out. Out.